0: Everybody and welcome to Ari Shapiro's Skeptic Tank, episode 57. On today's podcast, I, I talked to my friend uh, Joey Diaz. He's a hilarious comedian, if you don't know him. Um, and his comedy album is just out now on on iTunes. Um, pick it up. It was like number one on iTunes for like six or seven straight days. Uh, really proud of him. But, um, on this episode, I talked to Joey about... It's not the funniest one we have, but it's a really, really good one. I talked to him about parenthood. Uh, as any of you guys know who listen to this... Skeptics? Should I call you guys skeptics? Fellow skeptics? I don't know. Um, who listen to this podcast? Um, you know I like to get sort of all sides of, a, of, a, of an idea or of a topic, of an argument... And uh, on episode, I think it was 20, something like that, I interviewed Al Madrigal, who was my friend, about parenthood and about what what it means to him and sort of every day-to-day thing I have to do with it. But uh, 30, it was episode 30. Um, But he is in a stable marriage, Al Madrigal, and he has uh, two or three kids, I forget now, um, that he raises all the time, and he's super happy with the situation. But there's also the other side of parenthood where it's not as happy. It's not such a fairy tale. So this is sort of that version. Uh, again, I just like to question everything and figure out the different possible scenarios. Like I say, compared to this the most, if you say you broke up once ever with a girl and you say if somebody asks you, like, how are breakups? You'd be like, oh, they're pretty good. You just uh, go your separate ways and you talk and uh, that's it. You just become friends. And you would never understand how it could be super, super difficult um, to go through a breakup or something. And if your only other experience was, um, was a super horrible breakup, you'd have no idea how anyone could uh, possibly be friends with an ex. But uh, as you hear you know, both sides, you can start to understand that everything is possible. So that's what I sort of like to do with this podcast, and that's what I've done with this episode, where it's sort of a, a different scenario from episode 30. Diaz is probably the best guy to, uh, to interview about this Because he is one of the most open, honest people that I've ever met so, uh, And he's also hilarious It's not going to be unfunny It's just, you know, serious in certain parts um, And also, we tested this microphone in the best possible scenario And it, it came up awesome uh, There was a fucking lawn blower, leaf blower Going off like fucking 15 feet from us We could barely hear each other talk But just picked it up perfectly Not perfectly, but pretty goddamn well so this thing is here to stay. Um, I am recording this intro, actually, from Austin, Texas, where I just uh, finished the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. I was here for the weekend with Duncan Trussell and Brendan Walsh and my friend Big Jay Oakerson and Jeff Ross and a bunch of other comedians, Mark Marin, uh, And it was so much goddamn fun. This is the new comedy festival, everybody. Uh, if you're wondering what to do, in, in, in Canada, they have the Montreal Comedy Festival, the Just for Laughs Comedy Festival in Montreal. And people from all over Canada head over to Montreal as sort of a you know, sort of a, a big trip. It's kind of like Mardi Gras uh, for drunk sluts, but it's for comedy nerds. So people from all over the country, and even the world, go over to Montreal for that. This, in Austin, Moon Tower, is going to be the new festival that people from America go to. All the comedy nerds. The best comics are here. So all the comedy nerds, be aware, next year, 2013, Moon Tower is the way to go. Um, it's just a bunch of great shows all over Austin. And it's a great hang. The comics fucking loved it. We all just got drunk and high, um, and just fucking did great shows and hung out with each other. It was fucking awesome. I had dinner with Wanda, or lunch with Wanda Sykes and and Jeff Ross and, and Keith Robinson, who I'd never met before. He's totally funny. He's hilarious. We had we had uh, a <laughs> we were walking back um, from uh, Stubbs from eating, and this lady <laughs> leans out. This old lady leans out of her car, and she goes, "Pardon me." do you guys know where to get to the basketball arena from here? And uh, none of us knew how to get there. But Keith Robinson goes, he's the only black guy among us. (laughs) Wanda Sykes is there, too. And he goes, pardon me? How dare you ask me of such a question? (laughs) Oh, fun times, fun times. So um, anyway, I have some road dates coming up. um, I'm taping my CD May 12th in Denver, Colorado at the Comedy Works. I'm there uh, May 10th through the 12th. Um, I'll just go over these quickly. All the dates I have are available on arithegreat.com, on my website. So I'll just run through them. Denver, Colorado, at the Comedy Works, May 10th through the 12th. Um, Kansas City at Stanford and Sons, May 16th through uh, the 20th. Uh, My next Storyteller Show is May 22nd. I think we might do stories of, um, if Ralphie May can do it, I'm going to base this one around him. But if he can do it, um, we're going to do stories of... um, Near Death Experiences. Uh, I have a good one, and Ralphie has a great one. And uh, some other people, I don't know, I haven't tried to book it yet. But May 22nd is the next one. And then uh, I have some uh, San Fran dates. Um, June 13th is San Francisco at Cobbs. Come to that. It should be a good show, which is one night. And then the 14th through the 19th, no, the 14th through the 17th, I'm in Sacramento right after that. Oh, and I forgot uh, Connecticut at Comics, June 7th. Through the ninth, something like that. That's what it is. And then I got dates in New Jersey and Austin at Cap City in September, and uh, Long Island and whenever. That's way later. Um, but please go check out AriTheGreat. dot com and, uh, and uh, I have all the dates over there, and you can buy tickets straight from there. Also, if you go to AriTheGreat. dot com, um, I have some ways that you can help me out with sponsorship. I tried not to get uh, straight like advertisers. Uh, and I also try not to take donations from, uh, from you guys, from the skeptics, because I just don't want to. It seems cheap, and my, my Holocaust survivor roots won't let me just take straight donations. So um, we're too proud of people. We've come too far. But um, here's the way you can help. Uh, I have two sponsors that just give me money themselves, so you guys don't have to do anything. Um, it's gamefly.com and amazon.com and here's how, how, what you can do if you go to ari the uh there's a banner on the right side there's one that looks like a UPS sign that I'm going to change soon but it's amazon.com and if you just click on that then you can do all your Amazon shopping um, it'll just open up an Amazon page and you can do all your Amazon shopping and they give me like 1 or 2% back from whatever you shop for so if you spend 100 bucks I get like a dollar or two um don't do anything weird or anything but whatever you're gonna buy you know just fucking if you if you could if you remember i have trouble remembering too but if you remember do it through ari um and i'll get money and that's how you support the podcast also gamefly.com if you go to gamefly.com slash ari and sign up for a uh, a two-week free trial membership uh 15-day free trial membership uh i get uh some cash too they gave me some cash so you don't have to do anything it doesn't cost you anything to help me just uh, sign up for a 2 week for trial membership, and then cancel if you're not into video games. If you're not into video games, don't keep going. But if you are into video games, it's a, fucking, it's a cool service, so do it. Um, there was something else I wanted to say, but I forget what it was. Oh, Shroom Fest is July 21st through the 23rd. I'm going to have soon... I'm, I'm, I'm starting to write it already. But I'm going to have... I haven't started writing it. I'm just saying I have, so I can push myself to do it. But I'm going to write a, a, a how-to, a primer, for your mushroom experience... Um, so it's July 21st to the 23rd. So start looking for your mushrooms now. Don't fucking wait. People have already gotten them. So whatever town you're going to be, there's going to be a rush because this is fucking popular. So get your boomers and, uh, and then start planning your outing or your inning, depending on where you're going. I think that's all I have to announce. Oh, I'm also starting another podcast. I have a, I have a sports podcast, Punch Drunk, that I do with Jason Tebow and Sam Tripoli that's, that's catching on. People are starting to like it. It's just the, the three of us, you know, pretty much making fun of each other and we have, we different correspondents calling in. Like Joey Diaz is going to be our, as soon as we get another Cuban story, he's going to be our Cuban correspondent. Um, Steve Renazzisi from from the league, he's our New York AM radio correspondent. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, so that, we tape that live every Tuesday from 4 to 6 at ToadHopNetwork.com, but it's also available on iTunes. And for these, sign up on iTunes um, uh, or go to Stitcher subscribe on those things so you get these every week because i think what happens is if you're anything like me you forget to download new ones so you get every like fifth one so just subscribe so they all come in so you can see it and then ignore it later if you want oh there's people coming so i get embarrassed and i have to put on pause for a second because i'm outside near a park all right they're gone they were old people though i get more embarrassed in front of old people because i think they're judging me more jesus bird um, Alright, so that's it everybody uh, I hope you're enjoying these still I'm still, I'm still really enjoying doing them I'm, I'm, actually, I'm actually learning a lot from doing these So uh, and it's, it's making me sort of a nicer person I think I don't know if you've had that effect at all But I sort of in more understanding of different people's I'm sort of moving into the ideals I sort of set up for this podcast I'm, I'm understanding people's different life experiences more And realizing that each one is completely um, Completely um, What's the word? Valid. It's completely valid. So anyway, um, that's it. I hope you guys like these. Uh, until next week, please enjoy this week's podcast, episode 57. Ari Shafir's Skeptic Tank with Mr. Joey Diaz. What should we call this? The real parenthood? No, something about parenthood. Parenthood too? No, we had one with Al Magical's fatherhood. What should I call this something? How, oh, okay, I just got it. Fatherhood winked. That's what we'll call it. Because it's not. It's You've got this version that everybody gives you that, oh, once you become a father, it's all over and it'll all be fucking amazing and great and everybody will be happy. But that's not the full version that I've heard. That's not the experience that everyone has. There's hard times. They all just say, it's amazing. Everybody, really? Wait, what's like at 4.30 in the morning? How is that amazing? I say this in my stand-up, but it's true. It's like, everyone's like, oh, it's such a blessing. I'm like, if it's such a blessing, why do you look tired all the time? Anyway, so uh, we're calling this episode 57, Fatherhood Winked, with Joey Coco Diaz. Enjoy. Let's do it, like, I love the way you talk about books. <laughs> is that what that book is about? Yeah, the book know, is, is basically gone. about,
1: uh, and they made a movie about it in '87 with uh, uh, one of the best stars ever, but it's a TV movie, so it's really hard to find now. But it really opened Here, yeah, I'm on the third day of my prison sentence. Yeah. Third day. I'm confused. I don't know what's going to happen. And my in laws got me this book. And I'll tell you what, you ever get a book and you're like, why did somebody give me this shit? I don't want to read about Martians. Let me tell you something. Yeah. You're in your third day in prison. You'll read toilet paper. Fucking how they. Made how much do you read
0: paper. in prison? Does it anything? I mean, after two or three
1: days, your mind's running away from you, and uh. you remember the little things. I was raised an only child, so I, I'm a one man parade in my head. Oh. Ever since I was a kid, I loved reading. I wanted to learn the English language. When you yeah. want to learn a language, the best way to learn it is to fucking read it. And to Say do it, it, so I always yeah. read. So it's really weird that. One part of me has always been into criminal activities and shit, but the other part of me...
0: Which I, part? I've never
2: known that guy.
1: I love making models. When I was a kid, I loved making models. Uh-huh. I used to do that. Planes tons and shit. dog, Tons of them. And I felt insecure because I had this desire. I love making models. Yeah. Anything. Spider-Man, the Hulk. I had the Hulk breaking the wall. You know, I had all that shit but it's so weird that I always pick I remember the first book I ever read was Jonathan Livingston Siegel. are you
0: fucking kidding me which one was that again I don't fucking know it was years (laughs) ago oh that was the name of the book that was the name of the book oh okay I thought it was the author then I read The World's Strongest Athlete that was turned into a Disney movie then I would just oh yeah I remember that movie
1: you know I would read books that were movies so I would understand them more and then somebody said, dog, fuck the movie, just read the Just movie. go straight for the books. And then I started that action, and that turned my life around again. I like, uh, like Perot's story about his heroics. I mean, I was crying on the plane on the way back, Rogan.
2: Reading Rogan, it again.
1: Yeah, I was reading it because I wanted to rent. Uh, I went to the public library, and I rented it. Yeah. And on the way I was. you know, when you get a book, you can never read it when you're home in town. It's hard. There's TVs there. Emails, you got everything. TVs yeah. there. When you go on the yeah, road, you really, you store. know, you got a
0: three-hour fucking plane ride. Mm-hmm. Best way
1: to read a book. And you're committed to that motherfucker after a three-plane, you know, three hours. You know, what I finally ride.
0: started doing instead of taking the early flights, I say fuck it, and I just sleep in, and then um, I take a one o'clock flight or whatever. But then I can actually do like some work or some reading on the plane instead of just sleeping the yeah, whole yeah,
1: way. Yeah, it's three hours of fucking typing and you know? yeah. So a lot of, you know, when, the
0: only time I ever work.
1: people look, I remember I used to go to the Miami Improv for two reasons. Yes, the cocaine. But in the <laughs> old days, they had a Barnes and yes, Noble's. Yes, obviously. They had a Barnes and Noble's left to the, next to the Miami Improv. So as soon as I got off the plane, even if I was broke, I'd go to Joe Chadwick and go, can I get a draw for a hundred bucks? And i go to Barnes and Noble and I'd buy $75 worth of books. Even if I knew I was paying, overpaying for books, I would I only like new books. Yeah. So I would go buy new books, biographies, and that's what I would go to Miami for, to stock up
0: on three or four books. Somebody told me you could do it on the plane in, in like, the airport, or maybe either... It's a certain store or airport... Um, uh, what's it called? It's bookstores. If you buy it for 20 you can give it back for 10 You can drop it back off. It might just be a certain store. I don't know. I don't like buying books at fucking airports. They charge
1: you, like, triple. Which is yeah. Just the it. I've never really wanted to buy a book At a fucking airport But I do enjoy reading Because the only way to become a better writer Is yeah. to read And we're comics So we always got ourselves in our head It's good to read a book But if the book don't rock us yeah. I'm done like, if I'm thinking of
0: my life while I'm reading your book, then, then it's your over. book blows, yeah. Yeah, it's a problem. sometimes you read, like, ten pages, and you're like, what the fuck? And you have to go yeah. back, I'm like, I don't even know what... Yeah, because you're thinking about something else, then your book blows. your mind's wandering.
1: I like a book, like, this book locks me in. Uh, Jerry Roker gave me a book, New York City on Fire, or something about the New York music scene.
2: Mm-hmm. From
1: 73 to 78 and 79. Brilliant book how was yeah you know the ramones the, the 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 creation of punk all the bands that played at cbgb's it was very interesting springsteen you know wow. how he developed it was a very interesting book so some people give me books that are like top sellers and i read 10 pages and i'm like you know wipe it. my ass with this but my wife was telling me that on the on a long run ken foley that's the guy that wrote *The
0: wings of eagles he's uh-huh. a really good writer fiction or non-fiction I don't even know what the fuck it is you know? what is it this one's a this one's a novel or this one's a, just a, a like just talks about what happened this is a true story so I don't know fiction. well is it like is it like uh, do they have stories and plot and stuff is it like fictionalized no it's it's about one central story it's about okay. two of his employees
1: getting kidnapped and what he did to get him back plus a little, it tells the background to Ross Perot it tells about his mother you know he was raised by his mother he went to Annapolis i mean this is why i fell in love with this guy like i when i read that book and then years later i got out of prison and that's behind me and he's running for the president of the united states and you're like well, yeah, well, what would you think and that i'm like this bad motherfucker is amazing people just don't know it because he's got red hair he looks like mad magazine he's got big ears but the, the, i live next to a kennel the, they kennel, hear the mailman or the, something they're going nuts they're going nuts <laughs> the commitment I used to have a friend when we were kids that every time he went in front of his house yeah. beat the horn they would do that so we'd just drive by and beep <laughs> just out of respect <laughs> and he'd go what the fuck you guys do that for because they want to hear the noises of the kennel." so uh, what are we talking so about so Ross Perot running you saw Ross him Perot was running in the country you know he was running against Clinton yeah. at the time and, and it was just he's hilarious because Clinton would do his shit and then he would stop and Ross Perot would say yeah 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 he's paying for this with your money I'm paying for this
0: campaign with Mama. Yeah, he's such a fucking Puerto Rican that you gotta Parole. love him yeah, I didn't lost. know I was too young I just knew him as like some like nerdy guy with like a bow tie uh, but just that commitment story that he hired a general to go to Iran
1: to teach his employees how to get this they, they wow. took pictures of the prison yeah, like he did it the right way and they busted these guys out of prison he didn't just hire mercenaries mm-hmm. he like, trained them just yeah, for this mission and, and he went to the people's family and he told them something and he stuck to his word that what did he tell them?
0: That your men will be home by the 25th for Christmas. He went to the people's family. And said, your, your husbands will be home for Christmas. They like, were captives in Iran? Yeah. By what, the government? By the government, because this And he a- said, he promised them he'll get, with no... dog, It's a, it's
1: a tremendous story. This is the type of... Oh, my God. The problem with Ross Perot was yeah. that you knew one thing. If he became president, everybody was going down. Like, he didn't play games. He believed in the American way. He believed that America was that great of a country. This guy was worth billions, and he didn't flaunt it. He was one of these guys that he was more proud that he had made the American way work for him, which is business. He wasn't a great salesman. He wasn't a great businessman. He wasn't even a great engineer. Did he engineer. Do discover oil or no? No, he had this oil company. I don't really... The main company that, that kidnapped his employer was Ed's. At this point, he had, he owned this company, Ed's. Mm-hmm. And it was... It was uh, the reason why they were over there was, believe it or not, they were setting up the social security system for the people of Iran. They were setting up so they could have Social Security and medical benefits. That's what they do. They go to a country who's doing s- that. That's the Eds. That's the oh, name okay. of the corporation. They go to a country and set up the whole accounting on computer. Really? That's what they basically do. So they computer okay. engineers. So while they that's were, what IBM but, did for the Nazis. Thanks for dropping that. Now, now I gotta say a prayer uh, <laughs> every time. And I gotta light a log fucking on. candle. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so uh, uh, it, it's just weird that uh, he went. He was going over there to help them. While he was there, the Shah of Iran started acting up, and it's a specific day, December 8th, with, uh, I don't know the name, so don't, please don't email me and say you're an idiot. I just, I smoke dope. Comprehension is not the top fucking <laughs> angle in my life. So they had a holiday, and that day, they, they, it was, and the embassy kept giving out warnings to the Americans that Americans were going to get hunted down and hurt that day. On that day. On that day. So EDS took their employees and other Americans and shipped them out of there, shipped them to Copenhagen. To Morocco, just to get for the them weekend, off of the day to it. see what happened. And in the process, they arrested these two men, the two guys that worked for Perot. They took their passports. Yeah, on that day? A couple of days afterwards. Okay, so uh, that Oh, so they were already in Perot's employee. Yeah, they were Perot's employees in Iran. They were representing the heads in Iran, setting up the social network for okay. them. So that's how these two guys got stuck. But obviously, you didn't bring me on the show to talk about fucking books. You, you know want thing? to talk about books? Well, not really. You know, okay. what am I? What am my Library here today? I, <laughs> I don't know. I just say it's uh, you were blown away that you know I ordered two books recently. I ordered that book and I ordered uh, Dolce's book, Mike Dolce's book. Which one's that? Mike Dolce's book is fit for fitness and all that stuff. How to yeah. get healthy, and that's a really interesting book. Also, I mean, I don't like sixty percent of his recipes. It's all not, recipes. It's recipes, it's workouts, it's, uh, you know, just what type of mind frame to have. It's uh, You've tried his recipes? Uh, or you just- I tried the fish one. I like the fish, you know, cod or tilapia in the oven with parsley and stuff like that, six yeah. ounces. Tilapia, yeah, that's the kind of fish I was trying to remember yeah, the yeah, other tilapia, day. It's the meatloaf of fish, right? Yeah, and cod too. Cod is very nice too. You put it in the oven with some lemons, a little salt and pepper. Mm-hmm. You know, he talks about a breakfast bowl that's granola-ish and stuff.
0: You're not I get my
1: I don't like honey, so I, honey oh. makes me sick. The same reason why I don't like pancakes because the syrup makes me sick. There's too much sugar or something. Oh yeah, it's thick. So you know, there's a lot of principles that I knew that he had in the book, but it's an interesting read. He's the type of he looked. He gained a bunch of weight to prove a point, and became a strength guy, and then lost the weight. Yeah. Because he wanted to just prove a point about his techniques and stuff like that. So, I like books, bro. How long does it take you to read one? Like, how long is it going to take you to read Wings of... On the well, Wings well, of... Well, let's be as honest like It took me uh, two hours to read, like, 150 pages. What? And now it'll take me a month to read 10 pages because oh. I'm home. Right. So, I'm going to New York next week. So, that's a five-hour both ways. So, that's my plan. Are you in New York for? To do the fucking show. Oh, that show. yeah, okay. yeah. I think I'm going to New York for the testify against the Gambinos. I forgot Gambinos. what time. I, it's, that's almost May. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Beatles that we just yeah, said. Yeah, no, <laughs> the testify against the Gambinos. <laughs> what am I going to New York for? I what forgot. Just, that's so soon. Um, so, uh, okay, so when you go to New York, how long will it take you? I'll read it on the way there, probably. Whatever's
2: left or. Yeah.
0: Just that whole thing? That was giant, that book. Yeah, but I already put in, like, like 200 pages.
2: Yeah,
0: that's fucking up our
2: podcast. (laughs) Uh,
1: I already put in, like, 200 pages, 220. There's got to be another 200 pages. What's going to suck for me is... Yeah. Like, last night, I put it aside and read 10 pages. Yeah. Uh, Before I went to bed. When I read at home at night, I get fucking tired, dog. Yeah, so you read in bed? Yeah. Do you have a lamp? I have my eyes and the fucking... No, but like, like when you're lying in bed next Terry's next to the got butt. a fucking lamp But if she's out here watching TV I'll go in there and read You go to sleep before
0: her? Sometimes You go to, You're a comic and you go to sleep before Fuck your yeah, working
1: girl. wife fuck. I was up at 4.30 this morning Jesus I wrote two pages in my book By 6 o'clock by the time she got up Really? Yeah, because what the fuck do you have time to write? Like, you know, you really want to write at your home that's in the morning for that you think you really want to write in your home yeah but at the end of the day it's so difficult to write in your home yeah it is huh? because there's distractions at least there is for me there's professionals yeah and, you know people who turn their phone off you know uh, people who are uh, good there's people who shut everything out yeah I have animals so there's always a demand they, somebody always wants fucking something somebody's yeah. always fighting somebody's arguing the I cat. got cats Yeah So who doesn't want to be pet Who doesn't want to sit on my lap So there's something going on It's hard There's always action Not to mention the phone rings Yeah Not to mention I got to do a bong hit But what about 2.30 in the morning? There ain't nothing going on but love So you can't You couldn't write then if you stayed That's up? That's when I get up I, If I stay up I'm too tired uh-huh. I've already tried to go to sun 11 And get the 16 ounces of the Brazilian Bold Which is a little level less than cocaine yeah. I've already tried all that stuff You got the wrong guy my friend What works for me is Getting up a little earlier Getting up at 5 4.30 Smoking some good fucking dope
2: hold Maybe on, listening
1: on. to a little music Reflecting Yeah This is a real podcast I know
0: so, <laughs> We're doing this so we Sounds of the fucking get, city We need somebody to get shot I don't know how crazy This always surrounds you We have beagles running That leaf blower Jesus In this day and age I think this will still work we're up to there. He said Hold on, be quiet for one second. Yeah, all right, just try
1: to talk right into it. No, 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 no. We're fine here. So I'd rather get up early and try to do a little writing. Like, if I could put together a nice hour and a half before my wife wakes up. Yeah. I'm good. At least outline my day of writing. Because that's when you get shit started. Then once she wakes up,
0: I start <laughs> fucking around with Facebook. <laughs>
1: Well, he's a sabotage. beauty. He's a beauty. <laughs>
0: this will be the test of this system. If this can pick this shit up.
1: It's like living next to fucking mini bike. If
0: there's a leaf blower going 14 feet away. Oh, he's going behind he's the back. He's doing tricks and he's shit. Going behind the back. I
1: wish we had a camera right now to show you this fucking guy. He probably gets eight, nine an hour to fucking torment people with this shit. It's 2000 fucking 10 what is it? 2012. 2012. You're offensive. Two you this so and still blowing a bleep blow. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so, yeah, you get up and you're ready for two hours early, so that's how you get shit done. Uh, maybe that's pretty smart. I can't get fuck all done. Listen, man. When you Especially at the end of the night home. when I'm winding down. What that the last fuck
1: are you kidding. You, you get home, you think because you smoke a joint that the picture's going to get clearer for you. And all of a sudden, even if you do write for an hour, you wake up the next morning and it's all the shit that it's the idea is there, but you're gonna have to redo it anyway.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's <a fucking> <laughs> it
1: It has not ended since the podcast started. See what happens Ari We should have gone to do this As soon as you got here We yeah, fucked up we, we were ready to go But I already wanted to get A fucking bone in them. I already wanted to get You, <laughs> you know like, what I'm saying put As usual.
0: Come in here <laughs> um, Talk to me Ari Shaffir What's cracking You got some questions Let's so, break it down Well I was going to do that But I'll talk to you about this Let's just talk about books I'm what, into it What kind, kind of, of fucking books You want to talk about I got all of them When did you like How often do you read now I can't I used to read so much in college Like so much I used to have Per class it was eight books a semester And we had two of those classes Three of those classes Where you'd have to do shit like that Every week you'd have to have another book It'd have to be gone You have no time Plus your other schoolwork Plus your entomology shit And all that If you've noticed lately But nothing since then What? The other ones over there Huh? They're over there with the other ones What's the matter? Nothing Showing you where Don't away, Let's go inside Oh okay So we can chit
1: chat inside This
0: motherfucker's never gonna stop
1: You know Yeah One of the things that That's enough with the fucking noises And the house of horrors outside and Mexicans Jesus. with fucking lawnmowers. You know what? I don't mind if you do a lawnmower. Do it at eight in the morning like everybody else. Wake these cocksuckers up. You come over here and fuck up my afternoon. You know what I'm saying? That's exactly you, the
0: opposite of how I feel. Either they
1: fuck up the <laughs> afternoon or they fuck up my law and order. You know what I'm saying? I don't mind. I don't want to sit here. Let me get a soda, Ari Shafir. Sure. Go
0: uh, for it. You, you know it's funny?
1: Because we've been here for 10, 12 years. Yeah. You know? And you see these big names come and go. And everybody's a fucking star. And everybody goes to Montreal. Oh, Yeah. And your name of the game in this career is how to stay, not on top, because you can't be the top comic, but how to stay productive. And if you've noticed with MMA, one thing I learned from MMA is the evolution. The evolution yeah. is so fucking big. You got to keep getting better. You know, when you see these guys going and punching, you're like, this is it. This is all you brought, you know. And it really crosses over the comedy. Yeah. and. You know, you see these comics at 50 that come to the store. It was the 48th anniversary, and you're like, what are you doing? And they're in Vegas or whatever. And you know what? For me, you know, comedy comes in levels, you know. It used to be where you could be a comic, but now I'm two years away from being 50. I don't know Oh, if I wanna, really? Yeah, I don't know if I want to go to Vegas on the weekends and carry my luggage. So what's the next evolution? All right. You're right. Whether well, do you want to write on a TV show? Do you want to write whatever? First of all, we do these podcasts, which we could also write the stories we tell on here. You know? Yeah, it's it's, it's a cheaper way. This is... But you know what Ari is? Comedians? That is something that get deeper into it. We owe it to ourselves to read because the next evolution of this is writing. Yeah. You know, there's nobody cool, eh? Being a comic is fucking cool when you're thirty five. People still read, right? It's just up. people it, it, still I mean, fucking read. You know, the book business has gone down because who wants to walk around with a paperback? They put it in their computers and they read off those. But they're little still machines. reading it. People are still and people reading. Still have books. There's still tons it of intelligent time. people. You know, the newspaper business is down, but people still read the New York Times. Yeah. People still
0: read the New York Post. Why? I have no fucking idea. You know, the books are eight. different than the newspapers. For some reason, I'll get my news online. A book on, I don't know, it's just somehow different. You know, listen,
1: I try to maintain a little bit of decency and I try to grip onto the shit that worked for me. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to buy a book and download it and all that shit right now. What's easiest for me at the time right now is just to buy something that I'm interested in and read it the interest is the hardest thing but the, to get back to what we're talking about as comics we'd have to evolve you know it was great yeah. to be lenny bruce for a while but you know what's really great you ever see a picture of fucking uh the guy that wrote old man in the sea what was his name
2: Hem- hemingway, hemingway. Yeah.
1: you ever see a picture of hemingway towards the end
2: Yeah, the big beard the
1: fat beard fat booze cigarettes yeah. getting his dick sucked he was, he was, he uh, with he, cats and the keys
0: yeah he you was know, selling
1: a wine you know and uh it's the next step. What's our evolution? You know, he had cigarettes. We moved to an island and right. <laughs> you know, you've lived a hell of a life. You went to Israel. You lived at home with your parents. You went to college. You know, everybody always says, Joey, you you tell these stories of an interesting life. Everybody has an interesting life, bro. We just don't
0: look at it interesting because it's us. Because it becomes normalized. Because us. Here yeah. Normalized. I never thought it. all the Israel stuff was interesting.
1: Until interesting people, as like,
2: fuck.
0: No one lives there.
1: It's interesting like, oh, as yeah, fuck.
0: You're right. Anybody who travels, it's the
1: people who use travel to be interesting yeah you follow me there's a difference there's people who travel and have taken things in and have learned and uh, I would love the to some fuck- people travel just like I went to beach. I went to Morocco and, yeah. oh my god the clams suck my You're dick like, no no no
0: what did you learn what did, did you and learn that's why I say you gotta go somewhere instead of going like all over a country I say go to one city stay fucking around that city so you at least you get the feel of that city cause imagine you come to, the, to Los Angeles and you wanna know how LA is and you stay at the fucking next store to the comedy store for a week like you ain't gonna you have no idea what LA is like. That's Sunset. You know, you go ride, around, move around, around, and do things, bus. And see you live things. In Crenshaw, yeah. You take see the buses. Get stabbed in
1: North Hollywood. <laughs> that adds a patois to everything in your fucking life. You know, Ari, uh, I I bumped into my cousins. My cousins came from Cuba, we're talking about that shit. Yeah, that my cousins came from Cuba they're a national Cuban band, and this is the first time I met blood relatives. But it's weird because I came home that night. and I told my wife that my family. Coming, some showed up to Miami, and some showed up last week. Like when I played the improv a couple of weeks ago, I had some yeah. family I hadn't seen in thirty years that showed up, and this family I met in uh, in, in L.A. I never met all together, and they're big in Cuba. They're like the national stars in Cuba. Yeah. But my uh, thing was, I told Terry, I go, you know, all this shit, all these people coming into my life, this opens the door for my daughter to come back into my life. I go, I don't know how it's gonna happen, but this is all little hints. This is all something that was told to me years ago that you know, uh, why would it open that up because everything all this other stuff is opening up. The cousins in Miami, the people that came to the Miami improv show were the Castriones. When I was growing up, the Castriones were the family that I stayed with in the summer. Yeah. that grew up with my parents and their kids came up to New York and stayed with my parents and they would take the New York experience and then I would get the Miami experience. And it's really weird how our childhoods were similar because one day their parents were rich. They owned a construction company. You know, everything was going great. The kids were in private schools. They had money to burn and they got a knock on the door. Yeah. And he had shot somebody in 1966 and now he was going to serve time. So they went from having 10 cars and... Boats to living in a bedroom apartment in yeah. Atlanta, so they could be close to him in the federal penitentiary. And on the opposite side, I had the same spoiled lifestyle, but my mother died and my lights got shut off on us. And then five years later, we all got together. He got out of prison; he had done like ten years. And
0: so we had two. We had we were rich, rich, rich. North Carolina. My dad owned a ranch. And then it was all gone.
1: It's very you, you, surreal to have something as a child and then get taken away from you. Yeah. You know, any aspect of life. But for them to come back, like I've hit them up on Facebook, and when I hit them up on Facebook, Ari had been... Who? The people in Miami. Okay. Uh, it had been uh, 84. It had probably been... Uh, it had probably been 25 years since I talked to them. And I hit them up, and they were very nonchalant about the situation. I was kind of hurt. Yeah. I was like, I haven't seen you motherfuckers. We basically grew up together, and this is how you treat me,
0: you know? So I was kind of Because they didn't want to talk to you, yeah. Yeah. And I understand. A lot of people... Well, don't a lot of time reception. goes by, too. And it's goes like, goes they're by. like, well, I don't know, somebody from seventh grade? <clears throat> so, no, this wasn't just seventh grade. It was this this was also a childhood. Okay. Yeah. And then I had
1: tried okay. to talk to them over the years on Facebook, and they were always slow. They didn't offer a phone number or nothing, so... I had told them to call a couple times, but for them to contact me the night, the last night at the improv and show up, and we hugged, and we all apologized. It was very nice, you know, but I could still see there was some type of pain there, but that's not, whatever, that's not important. What was important that they showed up, and also, two weeks later, out of the blue, yeah. my other relatives from Cuba, real blood, this is blood, this yeah. isn't like uh, growing up together, they pop up. And that turned out to be, uh, if you get it, I didn't show you, Ari, the fucking their videos on YouTube? No. I didn't show you my cousin's video on YouTube. No. You what know, is it? They show up, uh, 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 just, it's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. You know, the boy's video, is his name is X Alfonso. X, like being Ari, and Alfonso being his last name. Okay. L-A-L-P-H-O-N-S-O. And the sister's name is Emmett which they named their kids a name a letter but it's really E-M-E Alfonso
2: E M E, yeah
1: and uh just meeting them and they're very musical they opened up for Audio Slay they did the John Lennon tribute in, in Cuba for, for Fidel Castro they're very it, they're like a big band like sh- my cousin told me that the boy is like Michael Jackson in Cuba yeah and, uh, and to they got see, in touch with you. Yeah, I went to dinner with them at a Cuban restaurant downtown in LA, Miami. Here, and I went to Cantor's yeah. with them. You know, we got to go with the Jews. I took them over to Cantor's. And <laughs> yeah. in the morning, the they had pastrami, and they had the. Are they still Cuban Jews? Uh, or do they all get out? They're not Cuban Jews. They're still a community. Okay, they're still a very small. Cuban the old ones community. that never and, left. No, and there's another, and there's a Chinatown in Cuba that these motherfuckers, my cousins, were saying that they run shit. Uh, There's three types of Cubans that are running shit now. One of them is the Chinese Cubans because Fidel never fucked with them over the years. Fidel left it. You know, in the early 50s, Chinatown Cuba was the biggest Chinatown in the fucking world outside of China. Really? You know, when I was a kid, there was Chinese Cubans that would speak Spanish but look Chinese. They had one particular restaurant on 57th off of uh, Kennedy Boulevard called La Campana China, which meant the, the Chinese bell. Yeah. And you went in and got the number one. Number one was like fried rice, an egg roll, fried bananas, and fucking a pork chop. Delicious. Or, or a Cuban-style thin steak yeah. with no bone. Delicious. But anyway. <laughs> but all this goes back to them coming back in my life. Opens up the door for my daughter. It's really weird. A couple of weeks ago, you had contacted me and said you yeah. want to do a podcast and you want to talk about my daughter. So yeah, yeah, Fucking talk about my
0: well, daughter. Well, what? Right, I Side track. I didn't know if we had time, but I was like, all right, let's get into got it. got time.
1: Call the fucking
0: doctor. What? Um, until Thursday. <laughs> what? Uh, how long has it been since you've talked to her? It's probably got to be 10 fucking years. 10 years. 10 years. And what was the deal when you had, like, how do you drift to Like, why do you drift apart? Do you just not... Like, from this, from, this, from you were zero never really, to
1: five, yeah. I was all around her constantly.
0: You were? Yeah.
1: Was and pretty you were still with the mom? No. Me and the mom broke up when she was 18 months old. Okay. From the 18 months old part to two and a half years, everything was good. Yeah, then we started having fucking dilemmas. Fighting. Arguing, fighting, the mother. She moved in with a guy, blah, blah, How blah. How long had you been going out with the mom
0: before, before you got her pregnant? 84. So, 83 i was with the mom for seven years before seven that, years before i got a pregnant oh yeah, wow this wasn't just a hit and run was, you weren't trying to get her
1: pregnant were you no who wants to fucking get somebody pregnant okay blowing you, your dick sucked and you're 24
0: right how old were you i was probably 24 25 when you got her pregnant yeah you were with her since she was 18 ugh yeah
1: I was with her since she was 19 hot piece of ass she was beautiful my ex-wife was a piece of ass yeah she had two other blonde sisters that were pieces of ass they were they were Polish but they were trying to fake American because the father was Lieutenant Colonel yeah and uh, but then so then you got her pregnant I had her until she was five and then when she was five I got into comedy I went to New York I did a year and a half in New York doing comedy, and I flew back to Colorado every 90 days. I sent money, it. the whole thing. But the mother uh-huh. was pushing me, you know, pursue your career. I have this, blah, 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 blah. And I knew what they were doing. You know, they what? were just trying to trying push me. get you out of the life? That. Yeah. And, uh, and were you okay with that? What do you think? And all the time you've known me. So when I started losing grasp of the situation, I actually went back to Colorado. And got my shit together and tried to do comedy for a year. And, and was, that's where you did comedy in Colorado? Was it then? then? No, I went was back. Denver? I started in Colorado. Oh, okay. But I went back in like 96. And I stayed for a year and a half and I was committed yeah. to comedy. That was it. I had no distractions. I was going to commit to comedy, live in Denver, and be a dad. And okay. I got into the Denver Comedy Works. And then some. Uh, what really happened was Wendy, at that time, she was kind of giving up pussy yeah. to some comedians and shit. And I was flirting with her. And I wasn't a bad-looking dude then. You know what I'm saying? I was lifting weights and stuff. Yeah. And Wendy was cute, and she kind of liked me. She was giving me star spots. And there was a manager there that me and him were friends already. Yeah. Tight. You know, like we did open mics together. It just happened that he did he was an open micer there. A little they liked him a little more than me at the time. Okay. He was, but I was Getting my shit together. you starting to it. There hit. was a contest that it happened, I came in second. But then the comedians had said that the first place guy was doing Seinfeld's material. Oh uh, so really. So it should go to me. So they broke the prize in two. That's the steroids. You, yeah. Up. You won five hundred bucks Comedy. and a trip to do a set in front of Mitzi Shore. Really? Yeah, and a plane ticket. They gave him the five and I kept the plane ticket. I never took the trip to LA to see Mitzi Shore. Fuck it. You know I, now that wouldn't yeah, have been anything. nothing
2: wrong. It okay, next. Me. I
1: I I took the the plane ticket and traded it in for something else yeah. like a different plane ticket I think I went to New York and played a difference to see my daughter I don't know what it was so uh, one day I got a call that some girl and what the story was a girl the comedy works is a downhill thing from the minute you walk in, it's downstairs. You walk yeah. down the stairs, and then it shoots down. Oh yeah, right. the whole Maybe time on the side, it shoots down the whole time on the side. Yeah, water
0: would run down that way.
1: Even it? if you walk around the thing to go to the green room, there's yeah. still a little, there's still a little fucking incline. Not as much as the run down. Yeah. I come out of the fucking stage area there. Yeah. And I look up, and a girl is walking down, and she sees, she goes Joey, and she runs towards me, and she jumps. Yeah. And she jumps, I grab her. Yeah. My hands land on her ass cheek. Yeah. The open mic has seen this. Yeah. She jumps down, goes into the back room. I go home. The next day or that night they parted. He convinced her to say something that I had grabbed her ass. You really? know be a long fucking time. I go for yeah. the pussy and the monkey. You I don't ask no, no, So next thing you know, I get a call. I'm supposed to open up for. George I can
0: see that, that too. The guy was like. Dude, that guy grabbed your ass, and she was like, "Really? No, it was, it was yeah." He grabbed your take, ass. Take, I saw and it. Listen, Damn, I thought years. I felt listen, something. Listen, Ari, it's twenty years yeah. later. I don't give a fuck. Right. I would tell
1: you one you just way, tell way me the story. Other. So, at this time, it was really weird because the first year I had gone back to do comedy in Colorado which yeah. it was okay, but then my ex-wife and the boyfriend turned it into something else what do you mean they turned it into uh, uh, they wanted me out of the picture the boyfriend wanted to raise the kid yeah and it was because he had a kid they wanted to put them all together okay and they had plans of having more kids shit started fucking up you were just trouble with them. and I was in trouble I already had two felonies in Colorado and I couldn't really fight back I had no money I basically was keeping my car afloat in my apartment. I was in the beginning of my comedy stages. The money I had accumulated over the years, the condo I bought and sold, yeah. it was all taken for the fucking divorce. That's it. I lost everything. I didn't know Ari. I, you know, she had given me seven years of her life and a child. She used to come to me and say, Sign this. And I would sign it. Right. Because I thought we were friends. I mean, whatever happened, you don't want to be with me. You know, I've, I've always understood, I've always had the gift of understanding when people don't want to be around you. People are going to break up in this life, and you really have to understand it. You really can't get mad, or sometimes yeah, it, just happens, people just, right? it just happens, and I knew that her and I weren't going to... I knew after I said yes, and I got on the plane for the honeymoon, yeah, that I knew that I had just wasted her time and my time. I always knew... Because but you had a kid anyway? Well, you want me to have, make a, put a hanger in a snatch? You know, I didn't know. Did you think about it? No. You not didn't even, even think about it? No. No. Why? No, 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 because... You know what, bro? I didn't know. I thought that a kid could save your life, like a lot of fucking people do. Mm-hmm. How many times have you heard somebody go, dog, after I have my kid, I'm going to get my shit together. No more yeah. blow. No more alcohol.
0: Yeah. The kid don't change nothing. That's Renard just a, tried that with cigarette smoking, listen, and it went right back to it for a little That's just well. a lie.
1: That's now just he quit, a mind but, fuck. Yeah. You have to do everything on your own. That's some like New kid, Year's. Some kid ain't going to do nothing for you. And after I had the kid between you and I, it got yeah. worse. Because my reality, it was reality. Okay, You know everybody Oh my girl's pregnant dog Things are gonna change I love her so much Wait till the first month At four in the morning When you're up With this Crying. fucking chick And she's pissed And you're pissed And you haven't got a hand job In a month And it's a late You know what I'm saying and Did, you, did you, just, think of, you ever read Rabbit Run I didn't read nothing I don't do ever read think nothing of, I live it do you, ever think of, do you ever think then Of just like leaving no, you no, I was stuck in something. I was waiting for something to happen. I didn't know what. I thought that God was going to touch me, and I was going to fall in love with her and want to be a full time fucking dad. And yeah, you know what, dog? You can't you can't put a silk hat on a fucking pig. Yeah. And at that time, I was twenty six. I still wanted to kill somebody. But you started to realize that, right? That it wasn't going to get better. Oh please! I was. You know what? Listen to me, dog. I. I took a job in, in roofing, and I would leave the house at 6 in the morning, yeah. and I'd walk in the door at 6 at night, and, and that was Monday and Tuesdays I had off. From Wednesday to Sunday, I worked as a doorman at a comedy club. That's how I got into comedy. Where? At the comedy at the works? Witt's Wits End in Westminster. Oh, this is in It's a B room. It's still there. Okay. It's in Westminster, Colorado. Oh, Okay. That was the last six months of our relationship. Yeah. So basically, I was only home Monday and Tuesdays. Okay. I hated being at home. And one day I came home, and she actually said something to me. You're not happy. I could tell. I wasn't doing blow at the time because I was on probation. So I had to keep my so nose check clean. they test you? Yeah, they tested okay. me. That's where they fucking tried all that kinky shit and nothing worked. But it's just amazing how... Uh, what, what kinky shit? Being on... Uh, being there's nothing worse in your life than being unhappy a all the time i was working for a roofer b i was fucking a dorm. and to be honest with you i was working for the roofing and one day it had snowed yeah and this is what really happened it had snowed and i used to go every morning at 10 and get breakfast for the guys so i would estimate early i would bring them the materials to the job site and then I would talk with them a little while, load the job site with them, talk with the guys. Listen, don't forget to bring nails on Thursday or what happened to that hammer. And then at 10, I'd run around the corner to a diner and get us all green chili and uh, eggs. What's the matter? You farted or something? No, I burped. Oh. <laughs> green chili and, and eggs. And one day when I'm sitting there, and reading the Rocky Mountain Post. Yeah. In the middle section of Leisure, it's an article about how to become a stand-up comic. Yeah. and I read it and it said to take a course at the University of Colorado <laughs> taught by Jeff Arms for $36 for four weeks on Sundays from 1 to 4.30 so I fucking went right to the University of Colorado which I was attending at the time as a full time student and I signed up for this class on Sundays and I took four fucking classes and I didn't know what was going on and the last class he made us go up in front of the class wow. and after class he pulled me aside and he goes dog I don't know if you know this you have a shot at doing this and I told him, I go, I think I do. And he goes, you just lost. He goes, do me a favor. Uh, take my number, keep writing, and keep going on stage. I wasn't going on stage. I was still in the yeah. blow. And he goes, uh, keep me posted. So one day on the Rocky Mountain Post, like a month later, I seen that they needed doormen at Wits a new comedy yeah. club that was opening. So that's so new York I York? went there, and I put his name as a reference. And they called me back, and I started as a doorman. And then after a month of, the, the, the sound guy quit. So I became the sound and the door guy. How much did you make? Who the fuck knows? Barely anything. And then nothing. And then after another month, the fucking bar back quit. So I was the sound guy and the huh. bar back. But at that time, I had gotten into comedy and I was growing. You know, when you first got off, people asking you to do open mics and shit and you think you're fucking Pacino. You're like, okay. So I started, I, I, I got the job there like in January or December. But by that July I had already become an open mic and I was in the system. You know, yeah. I was going I was doing bars. So I quit that and that was the beginning of the end of my relationship with my wife. Okay. Because she saw that I had some that that was it. I had found what I wanted to do. But now I was trapped. I had a wife, I had a kid, I had
0: a fucking death And you were job. doing blow?
1: At that time, I don't know. I can't remember yeah, right now. I was there. Yeah. I had the kid in the house. I wanted to. Okay. to just lay I was living a life that I didn't want to live. Right. I thought I wanted all these things. I thought Why? Because they
0: to w- sort of tell you you're supposed
1: to want it? Because society tells you that you go to college, you marry your childhood sweetheart, yeah. and then one day you wake up and you're 26, and from there on in you have a kid, and guess what happens? She gets fat and you get fatter. And you, do, you live for your weekend off, and you live for that one week off that you both go to Disneyland with the people from your fucking office. And then when you're 56, you die of a fucking heart attack. And that's your fucking, that's your life. Yeah. And that's what I looked at. I had that option. That's why I came to LA, to avoid this is that. It. This is it. I'm going to be miserable with this woman, who I didn't know if I loved at the time. This child, who I loved, but this is not what I wanted.
0: So you what? I didn't
1: want to change diapers. I didn't want to, you know, until when, today, whenever I see a guy with a carriage, pushing a carriage with a yeah. fat wife, yeah. I want to get out of the car and smack him and go, this is nowhere in the evolution of fucking the ape. Do you see a fucking big ape carrying a baby ape? This is nowhere in the evolution. You ever go to a farmer's market on a Sunday and see some jerk off with a crib and another poncho in front of him? The wife and her girlfriend, he's such a good father. Listen, I'll tell you what. If you take that guy in a room and ask him, I'll give you a fucking $10,000. Would you rather be watching a football game? Or walking around with some farmers fucking Take a lie to kids let's see what the real fucking thing is okay yeah let's see you want to make a bet motherfucker so I, all i want to do is live my life i didn't want to have to work monday through friday and on saturday i had to mow my lawn and then on sunday i got to go to your in-law's house to my in-law's house and tell oh them day. how happy i am and how everything's good now i had a great week yesterday
0: and were you doing that
1: that's what I was doing yeah. with my plaid shirt on. Even though you're lying to yourself. Dying to snort a joint and stab somebody. <laughs> Dying, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was still smoking pot, but I don't think I was, you know, when you're 26 knowing where I come from and all of a sudden for two years you're out of prison, you know what? I love fucking getting my dick sucked. Get a stripper to suck your dick and put coke on a fucking belly button and eat her ass. Were you getting any of the time? No, I be- was walking around like a fucking Christian. You know, oh, I want to be married. This is what I want to do. Lying to myself. Yeah. Then I got into a bind. And I thought that hey, Superbad, knock it off, cocksucker! I nah, got he into knows a, you're talking to him. I got into a bind. Superbad, I'll fuck you up. I got into a bind, and I, uh, I'll fuck you up, and I, uh, this motherfucker! I got into a bind. What's he want to start so with a, the other one? I got into a bind, and I fucking uh, didn't know what it was. Ari, get out of here. What bind? A, 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 my in my head. I got into a bind. Like you said, oh, I, wasn't, I fucked myself. I'm I in this wasn't position. How do done. I get out of here? Well, it was part that, and the other part was I'm not happy. Okay. This is bullshit. I'm not happy. I got to figure out. Everybody else has a child and a wife, and they're fucking happy.
2: Yeah.
0: Everybody.
1: But not you. Everybody in America says That's what the,
0: people keep saying to me. They're like, oh, once, once, you, once you have a kid, it'll, everything will change, everything will change. Joe, but dog, I'm like, well, my no friend Joey Diaz has a
1: kid, and it's not all changed for him. No, no don't say that shit, because, but it's like, You expect it to change, but in your heart, you're not ready to change. Yeah. And I kept waiting. You're not the only one. There's plenty of people. So I I know this in my heart. And I'm looking around now, looking at couples going, ooh, look at that guy.
2: Yeah.
0: You could tell.
1: You could fucking tell. And did
0: you tell people that were like, me too? Were you like, you got to do this? No, 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 no. no. I would never say anything. You didn't do that. Good.
1: So what I did was, in the seventh grade, I got thrown out of confirmation class. So I thought that's what was missing. So I went back to church and I uh, signed up for confirmation class at 28 years old, or whatever age I was. You thought that would fix it? I thought that would fix it, to put the Holy Ghost in my in my soul. Yeah. That didn't work. So from there, I started reading fucking Jew books. From there, I started hanging out with both... What Jew did- books? I, I, at the time, I, I Christianity, Jewish, religion, I, I had just, no fucking idea. Okay. I was at the University okay. of Colorado and I was missing a fucking link. When you're missing a link in your life, that's the worst thing. When you... At the time, I didn't know if I wanted to do comedy. I didn't know if I had the the aptitude and the strength. I didn't know if I had the follow up. Yeah. Super bad. I didn't know if I had the fucking follow up to uh, to really pursue it. I had been a failure at everything so far. Like, I had tried everything. I was good at everything. Yeah. But I didn't want to put, I wanted everything to happen overnight. And I knew comedy. I knew it. What? I fucking knew Comics comedy worked. was a stroke. I yeah. knew comedy was work. And, uh. I was like, man, if, if, if I lose my job, I have comedy. Because That's you were it. already making a little bit of money at it? No. I I was you just maker, thought, if, if I
0: lose I, my job, then I'll go do
1: it. If, if I lose my roofing job, I, I'll go do this. And all of a sudden, when that came home, and I was, I'm, 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 a, I'm a hustler, Ari. Yeah. I love making money. I know in this life that there's 85,000 ways to make money. I'm the type of guy, if I don't have a job, yeah. give me six months, I'll be putting 30,000 together a year. And you'll go, how are you making 30000 a year just living at home? Trust me, I know how to do it. Whether I got to sell blow. And one, one of the muscle. things I picked up was uh, I used to be a car salesman. So there was wholesalers. And they taught me how to curb cars when you sell your own cars. Curb cars? That's an expression for it. You're really a car salesman. What okay. You do, you get up in the morning. Hey, Ari, you got your Honda for sale? Yeah, what are you looking for? Thirty-five. Listen, dog, you've had in the paper for a year. I got 2200 cash right now. And then you flip it? Flip it that same day. Put sell it in the fucking paper, wash it 35. <laughs> so I was picking up 12s. You can only do like two a month at that time because they know. So I would go to you and go, Harvey, right, give me a license. I'm going to make 1200 today. We're going to split six because six is better than nothing. Yeah. So you're going to sell two cars this month. My wife would sell two cars. They Joe Rogan uh... would sell two cars. Everybody I knew would sell two cars. And I'd oh. make a little money. One month I got into problems. I wanted to buy trucks in the wintertime. Yeah. Uh, so the trucks go uh, a thousand over book in the wintertime. Any four-wheel drives oh, in really? Colorado. Those people need them. So I w- it was October. So what I did was I was still at the University of Colorado. So I, I put up a scam and I took a loan out for 36 25 whatever the, the national average is, 26 25. Yeah. 25 I took a loan out. I bought the two fucking cars. And when I sold them, I paid the loan back. Oh, nice. and nobody knew nothing. No harm, no foul. Nice. Okay. And one day I get home in October because whatever I was feeling at the time, yeah. she was seeing. And she was feeling. She was seeing you can't hide that stuff. And right? for some reason, you can't hide that stuff. And I walk in the door, and she had been with me for seven years. She knows I don't like petty stupidity. And she came up to me and she goes, Hey, you took a loan out. You didn't tell
0: me. You took a loan out. You didn't tell me. Yeah. Go, yeah.
1: I took the loan out for, to buy for those cars, to pay those cars. The son and something. Yeah. Super bad. I'll fucking kill you. So uh, she goes, uh, you know, we, we're married. We That's trust. And I go, what are you talking about? Trust is the bills get paid every fucking month. Yeah, that's trust. You don't work. She wasn't working, so She was, I was not like working. A, at the time, I had a truck. Her car and an Acura Integra. And, and this is paying for the kid? And I'm paying for the kid. It's my fucking right. kid. We're living in a condo together, dog. I'm she working. wasn't working? No, because the kid was, you know, every. You know, all of a sudden she wanted to she be said, in a risk. She said, uh, she said? She was working. She was cutting hair on Saturdays. Okay. So on Saturdays, she wanted me to take the fucking kid all day. So I would take the kid half day and then drop him off at the grandmas and pick the child back up. And uh, she did that, and right? she would get 200 on Saturdays, which was her spending money, basically. Yeah. So I told her, I said, trust is the bills, dog. I go, well, so I got into buying, and she goes, well, you're not telling me I'm going to go move with my mother. And I looked at her like, you know what? I could argue with her. But, like, why not just let her? Like, like,
2: no, like what? Like, <laughs> you she said, got,
1: like, no, no, no. I wanted to argue with her. If I would have cared, yeah. I would have argued with her. Yeah, I said, don't go. But all of a sudden, it dawned on me, like, you just hit the ladder. save me yeah like you just said what and she was like I'm gonna p- move out for a month and see what I really wanna do cause she was but, feeling unhappy too she was feeling unhappy dog it was just she was also 26 was I'm like what am I doing was the last fight. yeah I it was home all
0: day at that time
1: at that time dog I wasn't I, was, I had no potential she seen me for what I was really you, know, you want me to lie I didn't tell you listen I was a day guy I was a street guy I need a woman to understand my needs. She was a street chick until she spit the baby out of her monkey, and then, then just you changed. go back to then you go back, bro. Because now you want security. That's it. Right. The only thing and that matters to a, a woman guy to be with. No, she had grown. You know, when a woman has a baby, they mature. So she, she used that. She used that loan as an excuse, pretty much. Yeah, she yeah. Used it, which saved my life. Yeah, she saved my life. You know. Uh for did you, did you feel like you
0: should have argued with her a little bit? Or not even? You're just I like, I did
1: argue with her. But it was like, you know what? Something is weird about this. Yeah. You know, when fate throws you a fucking hand grenade dressed up as a star, yeah. you sometimes want to argue. And it was hard. It was hard because I thought that she, you know, when I realized what was going on, I didn't know whether I wanted to be a dad, I wanted to be a comic. You know, for the first 18 months after we broke up, I was basically doing one gig a week and I was selling Valiums and Neon for a living. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but it was just really weird. We, that part of it was great. When we first what? separated, we had a deal that I was going to pay a certain amount every week yeah. to daycare and that was it. But when I went to court, they were like, no, you have to read the scale. You got to pay this. So all of a sudden, the first day of divorce, I was already behind $18,000. Can you imagine I'm already thinking wow. you're going to go somewhere and they're going to say to you, you're divorced. And in 1985? This was 19 fucking 94. They okay. came to me and said, you owe $18,000 Okay. from back child support. So I was already in the minus. Like I was already at the minus at 10 points a
0: month. And this is when you're still in Colorado. This is 1994, Doug. Okay. Before you gone to New York. No, I had already gone to New York. Oh, this York. is when you were back. I was back. Okay.
1: And by this time, I had a condo, and, and we had to sell the condo. And again, she came to me one day, and she's like, sell the condo. And one day I go, what happened to the 40000 from the condo? She goes, I used your forty to pay for the credit card bills we put together while we were together. I took the forty on my end and used it for my life. And that's
0: how... <laughs> Like, I was like, you know what? Good. That's I don't bad want, math. To want to argue, Ari. you just like, fine,
1: whatever. I didn't want to argue. You know what? <laughs> when my mother died, I lost a bunch of money, too, that I could afford for. But I always wanted to make my own money. Right. <clears throat> so I said, you know what? Take this $40,000. i will figure something out. But it was, she was stealing from me on every level. You know, she took my like, furniture. I had paid 1800 for this leather couch. One day I come home, there's no furniture. She sells this picture that I had. Of Fidel Castro going through Panama, on a ship that my buddy got me—a rare photo—and yeah. she sold it at a yard sale, for like twenty-five bucks. Just the print alone was like a thousand bucks. She was just like mental. But then she started fucking around with the kid. And what like, do you mean fucking around? You know, kid? like lying to me. Oh, I can't have the kid this weekend because I seen dog hair in the corner. I, wait, wait, I, what? You can't have the kid this weekend because I had dog hair in the corner. Or oh, something. you couldn't. Uh, yeah. parent the kid you couldn't yeah. have it she, over she, at the condom she condo. would bust my ball we had to go to court and, you know at this time how I'm, often would you have her then I would have the kid Wednesdays and Sundays so every week two every days a week. week two days a week no Until sleepovers So she'd say oh it's dirty you can't yeah it'd start bullshit be. and then you know they were baiting me and to I fell into the bait to, to, to do something to get upset so they could write a report or something and it's funny that I'm cool up to a certain level once I feel you're trying to get over on me that's yeah. when the game stops that's where yeah. the game starts with me, and once I feel that you're fucking with me, yeah. that's where the game gets ugly. And they started fucking with me, him and her, uh, until one day they messed with the kid. What do put me in the middle of? Uh, the the kid, I picked the kid up at daycare. The kid was four. Yeah. Jacqueline was the name. Is her name? And she said to me, "What does a spick mean?" And I yeah. go, "What are you talking about?" She goes, "Every time you call the house, that's what John says about you." So I took it down and I asked John if he had said that. and He lied to my face. So I said to him, what you mean to tell me is a little girl. Made that little, up. Made that up. A girl that's not in the East made Coast. Made that up specifically. So I go, I'm going to ask you again. Did she say that? I go, if you lie, I'm going to fucking do something to you. And he goes, she's a liar and I'm going to call the police. So I punched him in the fucking face before he called the cops. The cops came and luckily it was, it was outside the city me. limits of Boulder. You can't use a <laughs> racial slur. So I got away with murder. He got away. I, I, they took me to court. Harry, go lay down. He took me to court, but I beat him in court because he used a racial slur in the city limits and of that's Boulder. rights to fight? And that's rights to fight or, or protecting like yeah, yeah, like somebody's face. So it was really weird, and I, and I took that as a signal. But Ari, I, I tell people all the time, and you've heard me tell people that you never know what bed you're getting yourself into. You know, I grew up in my mother's bar. And there was a lot of people that later on in life I found out were killers. Yeah. That explained their demeanor to me. Oh, wow. like they, My stepfather was a killer. Yeah. And that my, when I say killer, people will pull a gun on you and put a bullet on you without you provocation, without you thinking twice. There's certain people that play with you. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah. There's certain people that will pull a gun on you. And in the 70s, it was very liberal like that. People would pull a knife on you or a fucking gun. You know, those Cubans would pull a fucking piece on you, dog, and shoot you in the fucking leg. So I had grown up with these people. So going to Colorado, I always felt like nothing in Colorado, there's nothing I'm going to see in Colorado that's going to outdo what I've seen in in New York City or anywhere else I grew up in. And now at my age, I'm going to tell you that the two, the three most realist killers I ever met were in Colorado. And it just so happened that I was hanging out with two of them at the time that this was going on with my wife. And this wow. guy and one guy was a Vietnam vet, and I'll name him. His name was Ed. I can't say his last name. Yeah. And Ed reminds me a lot of you, he was built with the beard and the hair. If you looked at Ed, he did not look menacing at all. Ed was a killer from Vietnam. Yeah. And those years in Vietnam, you know, he was up. one of those guys in in those days in the early eighties in Boulder there was a lot of those guys living in Boulder. And there was another guy that his name was Ra or Ja or something. And yeah. he was a devil worshipper and it had been but it all started in the Marines in Vietnam. And this guy was one of those guys that was cutting ears and shit. Mm-hmm. And Bra lived in the mountains of Boulder. But I would see him around town. Yeah, so. He would smoke pot at this one bohemian coffee place on 22nd. And I think they let you it? smoke pot at the coffee place? Well, we'd smoke uh, fake cigarettes or whatever. Around, around the, the corner. Corn, you know, yeah. and this is Boulder.
2: So what's with the questions? So, <laughs> I don't know what the story is. So uh, there was, a,
1: I forget what the name is. It was next to the Harvest Restaurant. There was a very Bohemian-type coffee shop. And I, I had met Ed on the hill in Boulder in 85, yeah. and Ed, w- me, hit it off. You know, he was a little older than me. He had gone to Vietnam, but we used to giggle and smoke dope. And, and one day he took me to the vet thing with him to the vet center i had no job and yeah. i really learned a lot from going to the vet center and seeing these guys that had agent orange and yeah. you know i heard their stories and some of them were sob stories and whatever but ed was a killer and Ra was even more of a killer so i had known these guys from 85 now it's 94 yeah. and when you're going through listen when you're going through tough times with addiction people could see it on you but when you're going through heartache people could feel it on you too and at this point in my life, I had known these guys for nine years. They knew I'd been in prison. So what? They knew my demeanor. So when I was telling them the story one day, Ed looks at me and he goes, dog, let's take this motherfucker out. Wow. And, you know, when people talk that way to you, you, you always dismiss it. Like you giggle about it. Yeah, right. Ed was serious. Ed didn't want to do it because of his hatred for John. Ed wanted to do it for the love he had for me. He knew the pain in my heart. Yeah. And once he had told his buddy, Ra, they were both on it. And they're like, dog, if you don't ice him, we will. And I'm like, you can't ice him. As much as I want to ice this guy, I want to do it on my own. So for two months, we had a plan that we were going to grab this guy, take him up to the fucking mountains of Boulder. Yeah. You know, torture him a little bit, cut his fucking suck, nut sack off, put it in his mouth, rub honey her on His stepfather. Him. No, her stepfather. Her stepfather. And yeah, the boyfriend. We were gonna fucking ice him and feed him to the lions. Like that's it. They weren't gonna like in Boulder, these guys like we don't even need to use a gun, dog. There's no guns involved. We just need a punch to the fucking mouth and we'll take care of the rest. We'll tie him to a tree. We know the tree, we know the cave. These motherfuckers were serious. And they were like, What we'll do is they knew where he worked, because I told them one day I went down there to smack him and all this stuff and we got into it and the cops came. And they said, there's a path that we could put cones on and deter these motherfuckers. And it will deter them right into the mountains. We'll put us right in our fucking hands and we'll get them after that. And i tell you what, Ari, you know me. I was in. Because yeah. I had this pain in my heart now that, you know, there's nothing like the pain of smelling your daughter when she has another man's cologne on her or something. You have no idea. You just would never know. And that's bad enough, never mind all the other shit that was going on, never mind that I was going broke. So when you heard the thing about the spick. you already didn't like the guy. Oh, no, when I heard the thing with the spick, and here's what happened, Ari, this had started a year or two earlier, Yeah. because we had had words once over, he said to me, listen, it wasn't right that you took her to see Jurassic Park, and I go, well, whether it was right or wrong, you're just dating my wife, shut the fuck up. Yeah. He told me to shut the fuck up. So I waited till he got in his car, and I went over to him, and I spit in his fucking face in front of my wife. And he had to sit there with it dripping. So that was the first provocation. Then one night I went home, and I got jumped by a guy. I got jumped by two guys. And I was living in Boulder on MacArthur Lane at the time. Yeah. And I had Hercules. That was my German shepherd that I had gotten from the divorce. And all I had to do with Hercules, since we had that yard there, was open up the garage door, and he would piss in the front. So I'm watching sports, and I'm doing the sports betting service at the time. I just gotten home. It's 8 o'clock at night. I'm eating dinner. I put the TV on. I open up the garage door. Hercules goes downstairs, and I hear him crying. So I go to the balcony. I don't see him. I go downstairs to the garage. When I come out of the garage, Ari, I heard something. It was the weirdest thing. I heard, like, a a thing swing at me. Uh And when I turned, the guy had a 2x4, and he had swung it at me. And another guy came at me and, like, kicked me or whatever. It was dark. And when it's dark, I don't know if you ever got smacked when it's dark out. You don't see the punches. You just see a light. You know, you just pow, pow, pow. It's like a Batman movie. So I got punched a couple of times. And, you know, Ari, I got a strong hand. I grabbed the one guy, and I kicked him, and he went down. So I figured I'd keep him down. I chased the other guy. He got away. But when I came back, this guy was still down. And Ari, I devoured this guy. I kicked him in the stomach. I kicked him in the fucking mouth. I mean, I was just angry. At that time, it was a mistake they made. Right Because I was in the angry wrong guy. life. I didn't have my daughter no more. These guys are fucking me in the ass. I got no money. They stole my condo. Now I'm starting to catch on, and I'm like, these motherfuckers. I'm going to take them into murky waters now. So now they're it, doing shit to me to throw me off. But they don't understand. You? They don't understand that this is my world. Yeah. They were trying to do shit to me, like to scare me. And no, 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 no. They were going into my world. But the problem with my world is I don't know how to play like a regular person. Like they were trying to hide behind attorneys and say yeah, you're an all this animal shit. there. So that night when they came, the guy hit me and broke my rib with that two-by-four. That's how that whole thing... And they were sent by the boyfriend. So I beat the one guy up, and I went in his pocket, and he had an Idaho address, which is where this guy was from. Um. They were living in Idaho. So Jesus. I beat the fuck out of him at the time. At the I was working at a car wash, and I was a host at the bubble bath, the bu- puddle car wash, and part of their contract is with the city. So you get a lot of cops in there, so I became friendly with cops. And cops and killers. Two or three cops that I told him my story about going to jail and prison. They said, Have you ever and there was this one cop named Durfee. And I called him up at home and I go, Durfee, I got a problem. I had this guy on the floor bleeding from his fucking mouth. And I called Manny. Manny was in my room and I go, Manny, watch this motherfucker. We're gonna find out who sent him. Yeah. The other guy had disappeared. So we're sitting there, I called Durfee, Durfee comes over, he's his big ass, six foot six. 320-pound cowboy. And he goes, what happened? And I go, this motherfucker tried to jump me before I called the cops. What should I do? And he goes, let's just fucking take him to the mountains. There's another guy that was a cop that wanted to kill this guy. Everybody? Everybody in Boulder is a fucking killer. So I'm looking at this guy go through his wallet, and I see that... uh, he's from Idaho and I go John Ball sent you this. he's like fuck you Spick and I kick him in the face again we took him we put him in the fucking the back of my car and put him in front of the hospital and I didn't say a word I went home that night and slept like a baby but my rib was kind of broken so the next day I had my child and they call first and they're like hi and when I answered there was like silence on the phone like they didn't expect me to be there Right. but I didn't yell at them you just said I I just said no everything's great come on over and they're like really we could bring Jackie over here and when they showed up, they parked a little and they walked the kid and they were smiling kinda. Of, and I came out with open arms. I said, hey, how you doing? I kissed the baby. I said, I see you guys at seven. And I went upstairs with the baby and we did whatever we did. But inside my fucking I still had a big black and blue. Like I had like a clot there yeah. next to my rib from the two by four hitting me. So that afternoon when they came back at five, they probably got the story. So I came out, I gave the kid and I go, listen, I don't know if you guys know this, I got jumped last night. And I showed him the thing and I go I have an idea who it was, so get ready to rock now. And they fucking lost every color in their face, dog. They knew that that was well, it. She knew at that time. Like we did a, and we I did called it the wrong. father like a week later, and I told him what happened. I go, listen, it's going to get dirty. So either talk to them or let's get down you want to get down let's get down I'm calling you because you're the father-in-law and you were like a father to me when I needed $50,000 you bailed me out of prison like a man you gave me your word in the fucking cell and I'm telling you that's your daughter but you and I both know she's slipping and she's playing in the major leagues now Yeah. at this point I don't have a mom I don't have a dad you sent somebody to beat I don't you have out. no money you're fucking with my kid you're fucking me in the ass guess what Ari I got nothing to lose now you're in my world once I got nothing to lose that's it that's it now when you put it to that simplify when really this and it applies to comedy this applies to anything once you realize in your life that you have nothing to lose that's the best effort you're ever going to live give and that's every day of our lives we have nothing to lose i had i told her right out i go you got you guys want to fucking run but Ari, i tell you what man when i kidnapped that guy in 87 i had a gun and i remember i wanted to shoot that motherfucker just to teach him a lesson <sighs> that's why you don't have guns <laughs> And I said to myself, you know what? For some reason, there's more to me than ice than somebody. One thing I've always respected is karma. Once yeah. you see it, you respect it. You know if you take somebody's life, it lurks. Okay, so you decide not to kill this guy. John Ball, or, or who were you talking about? The guy well, the the, kid, the
2: the Yeah, the people the say take him to the, the cage seven. and stuff. You're
0: like, no, let's not do that. And
1: then I thought about, now I got this situation with my ex-wife and John Ball. And it's 94- uh, 95. I'm yeah. starting to get good in comedy. Okay. I'm starting to get triple work. You're living in LA? I'm living in Boulder. Boulder still. I got triple work up from as there. A, I got picked up as star spots at the okay. Comedy Works. This is April. Once I got picked up as a star spot at the Comedy Works, I finally, in the back of my mind, thought I had a little bit of value in my. And she life. was, okay, hold on. She was.
0: Living with you twice a week then too or not? At this time I have no Wednesdays and
1: Sundays. Okay, still. And I'm okay. flat broke. I'm working at a sports center. I'm making yeah. two thousand a week. Half of this is going to the attorney.
2: Yeah.
1: Half of this is going to child support. Yeah. The other half was going to rent. The other half was going to my nose. I'm picking up this kid on Wednesdays and Sundays basically, and I'm doing shoplift returns before I pick her up. That's why I walk into May DNF and pick up a fucking blanket for a hundred bucks. And bring it to the counter and say, my mother got me this for Christmas. I don't want it. They give me $100 cash. I would go to uh, Toys R Us and do Jeffrey Bucks. And I would buy her a present every Wednesday and Sunday. I was going through hell. You know, but it was my own hell. I'm not going to sit here and
0: tell you that, oh, the Lord. No, it was my own hell. This is, I had chosen. I was living at war. Now, was there any thought of, like, when you had your daughter, like, well, this makes it all worth it? Or was it just like, no, I have you? Was it just become routine? Between you and I, I wasn't doing the kid no fucking favors.
2: Right.
1: When you're not when you're not being... When you're picking somebody up and 're static, the kids read that. Yeah. Kids are not stupid. These cats read it. Yeah. Dogs read it. Animals, it's an underlying thing. They pick up energies. And at first, I thought it was cute. At first, I thought it was cute what was going on. Yeah. But then I, I started seeing the pain in my daughter's eyes. I started seeing... You know, I got notes from the mother saying that. Whenever she went home, the daughter wouldn't talk for an hour or so. Because whatever she would say, she would get in trouble. If the daughter said, he fed me spaghetti, I would get a call the next day. You're not supposed to give a spaghetti. If I fed a Chinese, I would, you know, there was always yeah. a drama. So I started realizing that me being there, I, as much as it's I almost wanted to be there as a father,
2: yeah.
1: you know, well, who the fuck was I kidding? What type of father am I? What type of? I'm I going to tell you not to smoke, though. Yeah. I'm like, you know the type of guy I am, are I? I don't give a fuck about comedy and you know, all this shit. I'd rather do comedy with people I liked in a career. I don't have the cut to deal with people and to play games. And I'm doing this show, and we're going to call it. Listen, what are you wasting my time for? And that applied to my life at the time. I've been carrying that type of luggage for years. Don't waste my you're time. you're
0: like, why am I doing this? Why am my I doing this?
1: My heart's not in it? it. You know, yeah. So... You know, listen, man, I wasn't I felt dead. about religion,
0: same thing. Like, what, what's the you point? Know,
1: it's funny that when I was a kid, I learned an expression, it's better to want than to have. And a for, for a year, I fought this war. I wanted to be a dad. I, I fucking wanted it. I'm a, the best dad of the year. And then once, I had her against the ropes. Because I had, point, the wife. I had my ex-wife against the ropes. After the smack in the face to John, yeah. what had happened was the judge that made that call was the same judge that sentenced me to four years in prison. What I had done was I always kept in touch with the judge over letters. Really? You have to, bro. I'm a professional. The guy did huh. me a favor. He threw me in jail and he reconsidered my sentence after eight months. I wanted to prove to him. So you write him? I would write him letters. He's a fucking Jew, Prove bro. to him that you're doing better. You better write Jews letters. You, thank you for doing me? that. Yeah. He looked yeah. like you. He had the beard and the hair huh. And he was stern. He was a Jew. He yeah. was a Jewish man. And you know what? He taught me a lesson. That Jew motherfucker taught me a lesson. And I hated him for one hour. I'm not going to sit here and tell you in the back of my mind I didn't fucking hate him. But then I said, he said something to me in court. He goes, I'm not sending you to jail because you're a bad kid. I'm sending you to jail because you're not claiming up to who the fuck you are. You know, you're know, sitting there till after 18 months telling me you didn't do nothing. This is what you didn't do. You tied up a guy. You put a machine yeah. gun through his head. And you put him in a trunk in a car. You, you want to come in here like a superhero. And I love what you did. But clam up to it. Don't sit there and say you didn't do nothing. And it changed my life forever. Because once you clam up, once you claim, you ever talk to somebody and they get off yeah. the store at 11 and they tell you the sound sucked? Yeah. And then you go up and when as easy it goes up and you kill them. Yeah, and you look at that person, and you want to smack him in the. Yeah, mouth. Like, just say because do all well. you said, I, I ate dick. Yeah, and, it and applies don't say to so many fucking things in life. Just like, say who cares? It's because okay. the quicker you say it, the quicker you'll grow. And it's over as soon as you say it's it. It's over. It's over. And I learned from that point on. But he he screamed at them that day. Okay, that he comes in with a black eye and he tells them the story, and then my wife starts that. talking, and yeah. the judge goes, "Excuse me." You, weren't you the same girl 18, two years ago that sat here and said he was the best thing that ever walked? Uh-huh. Now you want to come in here and change your story. Uh-uh. The next time this kid comes in here with a claim that you're not seeing him or the kid, I'm going to charge you with contempt of court. And right there, yeah. right there when we walked out, I can't lie to you that as they were walking out in front of me and here's this guy with his black eye and here's my wife holding my little baby's hand, I'm saying shit to them taunting I caught myself taunting them like how does it feel now for once in your life to get fucked in the ass how does it feel and it's gonna get worse and the sick thing was Ari I, was, I believed those words like at one point it, over- know, it overcomes you sometimes like Ari hatred dog, or- you know before something happens in your life you have to see it you really have to see it you know, when you got the Jim Norton thing, they told you you got it, and for a week or so, yeah. you actually saw yourself walking on stage and oh, yeah. getting a standing ovation or whatever, and that's when it becomes real. When I was, I was going home at night and thinking about chopping her head off and his head off. Whew. Then I decided, out, fuck her. You can't kill a mother. My mother died. Look how yeah. I was raised. I'll just chop his head off. Huh. And then I caught myself saying, you know what? I'm in the best
0: position of my life. I don't have to deal with this shit no more. It's better than want to have You think it. you sort of blame that guy for your position in life? Just like it's his fault that I'm not doing stuff and I'm, I'm struggling no, with money. No, no, no. I always knew I wasn't father material. It was just the way she did it. So then you realize, okay. So then you realize, you're like, you know what? This is probably doing everybody a favor. She did everybody a favor. It's doing me a favor. I get out. The, the daughter has a favor. stable. I mean, come on, dog. Come it's hard on. to realize sometimes that you're not the best
1: person for somebody. Hey, listen, dog. Let me tell you something. The reason that really pissed me off was because yeah. I didn't have control over her life. Once yeah. I knew my word meant nothing in her life, I didn't. I had no. I had no desire anymore. I knew the type of daughter I could raise. Yeah. I know what I could offer a kid. Yeah, you know.
0: Listen, bro. Parenting is fifty-fifty. Nobody knows. It's all a crapshoot. So then, so then, okay. So then, you had her on the ropes, and you just said, "All right, I'll." That's it. Once I knew in my mind I had her on the ropes, you could. Win. I knew that I was
1: going to win, but the kid was going to lose. The right. kid was going to grow up with me picking him up in a car, not talking to the parents. Me not being allowed at her sixth grade graduation. To right. so you know, her. About- I was going to probably pick up any whore just to piss her off. Right. This is going. This is a terrible, ugly game in America. Yeah, that we don't realize. I know ten people are going through a divorce right now. And uh, turn that shit off, Ari to leave what Where are you gonna that go? Time. Where are you gonna go get this type of information? I know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love busting Ari's balls, but it really—you <laughs> know, bro—you gotta close one door before another one opens. And and so then you so you what? You left, or just to stop seeing her? I left in June of eighty ninety five to go to Seattle. When I left, everything was hunky dory. I was sending money. I would send a T shirt. I would send a statue and it wouldn't get there to the same magistrate I'd been sending it for a year. Uh, You know, she wasn't getting the money order here. I didn't get that. You know, I would send letters and I would make copies of the letters just to see.
2: I was just approving
1: them after a while.
2: Yeah.
1: And I went back like every six months. I think I went back till about 98. Then I got the Taco Bell commercial. Yeah. And uh, before the Taco Bell commercial, I, I moved here in. January of '97, okay, right, and I lived with Stanhope till probably April '97, and then I fucked around with Carol for a little while and lived with her on and off. Yeah, then we broke up like in August, and I was forced to get my own shit. I lived with Josh Wolf for a while, then I went to Miami and I came back, and Ann Maney gave me a car, and I basically lived in that fucking car. Yeah, okay, that's all I did. I basically lived on that car. I took showers at the store at night, and I took yeah, showers that at in the back. In this thing. And uh, in the process of all this, I get a call from Son Barton and Ari, and they say to go down and read for a Taco Bell commercial. And are you talking at all to the daughter now? At this time, we're full-time. Okay, I'm talking to her three times a week. Okay, They're starting to send me letters. They're starting you... to let you say, okay, he's not such a threat? They're starting to send me letters that say, would you mind giving her up for adoption, changing her name? Wow. Would you mind? And I kept saying, you know what? When my father died, I didn't really know him. I knew him. I don't remember him. And I kept his name out of respect for the man. Yeah. I kept saying, my daughter will do that, you know. And then my wife kept saying, dog, if you don't, if you give up the name, you have to pay child support. You don't have to pay child support? No. And I'm like, that's not the point. The point is, is my name. So this is, uh, this is going on. I'm getting these overnight mails, People's Express, whatever the fuck they are. You still feel the same way about your name? Until today, if I had the chance, I should have gave it the fuck up then, because it okay. didn't really matter at the end. But back then, it was then, just my really like like- Cuban stupidity. So okay. I said no. It was just the end. It was the last thing I had to hold on to. Yeah. And then I would send money. I get this Taco Bell commercial. It's the first one with the Taco Bell dog. I shoot it Fourth of July weekend. Yeah. So by August fifteenth, I get three thousand in the mail, another eight thousand, uh-huh. and a week later, I get another eight thousand. And a week later, I got another 4000 So I said, let me take this time to go to Colorado and spend some time with my daughter. So I book a fucking ticket. I fly into Denver. I rent a car, which at the time I had a Colorado license that I could do. Yeah. I had to put like a $300,000 deposit down the car because I didn't have a credit card. And I did that. I rented a room at the Boulder Broker, and I stayed for four days. I picked up a gig somewhere for okay. 75 bucks. And all four days, I got a story why the kid couldn't
2: see me. Oh, uh. Yeah.
1: So I picked up and I went back and I said, no worries. I'm going to come back here in two months. And in two months in November, this time I didn't get a hotel room. I just rented a car and stayed with my college buddies, Jake Al. They owned a deli called the Deli Zone at the time. And I stayed with four disgusting guys, <sighs> farting, stinky feet, you know. Yeah. And that time I seen him for an hour. Hmm. And by this point, I'm getting all these letters. And at this time, I'm paying for, I'm sleeping in my car. I'm living on $15 sets in this fucking commercial. Not to mention. How old's the girl? At this time, uh, Jackie's got to be.
2: 10, nine, 12, 9.
1: 9, 8. Okay. I'm paying for a phone. Like one of those girl phones. A pink phone in her room. Because yeah. I didn't want to talk to the mother. I had this Taco Bell commercial. I said, fuck it, let me pay the $17 a month or whatever the fuck it was. So now I'm calling in and I'm, you know, I don't have to tell you your first two years of comedy here. All I'm getting a fucking nose. That's yeah. all I'm getting, dog. No, no, no. Managers, they, the only Can't one that was telling me why. yes was Mitzi Shaw. Yeah. That's it. That's the only person who was telling me yes at the time.
2: You have no idea you're just new.
1: And at the time, I'm living off commercials, and yeah. nothing's happening. And, and all I'm getting, I'm trying, to, I'm trying my best to make this little girl proud of me. Yeah. You know, to make the situation better for me. And I go again to Colorado, and they shut the door on me. And this time, I got into an argument with the wife. And we got into some shit argument. You know, I fly over here. And, and that's when she told me they were moving to England. Because John had gotten a job in England. Oh. Yeah. So once they moved to England is when I lost real contact with them. And I remember I had a couple grand left, and I hired an attorney that my agent recommended at the time, the yeah. theatrical agent, because I, I was thinking about suing them
0: for taking her to England. Yeah, and then, but the uh, same thing. It's like and suing, then what? Then I get her back to America so I can. Yeah, why? Know, it
1: was just all these things at the time. Just at the momentum. Time, at the time I'm doing uh, a grammar night. Yeah. I'm trying to become a comic at the store. I'm trying to send out headshots. I'm living on somebody's couch. My character was at an all-time low. All you're getting is no. Yeah. And this subsided for about another year or two. And I think our relationship finally uh, hit when I did analyze that. Okay. That weekend was her birthday, and that was the, uh, that was the beginning of the end. Because it was I her birthday, s- the, the daughter. Yeah, it was, uh-huh. my gosh, it was her 13th birthday. Yeah. And that was, I think that was probably the last time I spoke to her. Because I sent the picture, cash, and a card, and some fucking, like, bunny she wanted. And she told me she hadn't received it or something. And I'm like, you know, how many packages? Like, so well, the why mother I'm was clipping yeah. the packages in the daytime. Yeah. Before she would get home from school. <sighs> so I asked the mother what was going on. The mother reneged. And I said to myself, wait a second. So I get shifting my daughter. At this time, it was the name thing that was really bothering me. Yeah so she, the mother would call me and say no, you have to change the name Jackie wants to change it there's no Spanish people in this town and she feels insecure about having a Spanish last name when I would talk to my daughter my daughter would say that's a lie and I love the name, it's it's my mother, yeah. my mother keep, and I would keep getting these forms sent to me overnight, express, sign. Sign, sign, sign so I didn't sign it and about a year later six months later I get something from her school, and it says her new name is Jacqueline Ball. So I called my daughter. She tells me some story, and I called my ex-wife. She tells me some story. And Ari Shafia, at the time, the phone, I didn't have a cell phone. It was yeah. like a wall phone. Yeah. I was so hot, the phone could have melted in my hand. My heart was beating. My ears were red. My face was beat red. I was ready to hang the fucking phone, go borrow 300 from somebody at the store, Go to Colorado, get a Rambo knife, get my buddy Ed. And I was just going to go in the house and chop them all up. All of them. All of them. Just so Not angry. the kid and the, and the other kid. They had nothing to do with it. But the mother. For brainwashing this kid and the fucking bald-headed fuck. I was just going to go in there and start slicing. Yeah. And at that minute, I think I knelt down. I cried for about eight minutes from the pain. I got up and I went to the store and did a set. Whoa. And I never thought about it again. Why would I want to think about it? And today, all I do is sit here and say, you know what? She might come. She might not. I've already put out there the stories.
0: It was always a detail of you that I remember that it was like, oh, he has a daughter. Yeah. But it was like you never really ta- mentioned it ever. What is there to fucking talk? I don't want to be one of those guys that gets two drinks or a
1: joint and brings people down with the stories Because I was yeah. doing that. I did that. For or started years. lying and saying, I was a great dad. Yeah. And I was like, no, no you're fuck a you. Yeah. you know, I'm not going to listen, dog. That's the last thing. I know things for what they are. And, uh, you know, in return, I got to do this. I would be the best father in the world. Yeah. Because I would, I would help you as much as I can. I would be a little bit too honest. When I knew I couldn't be a father was the day I took her to get a needle. And from her crying and pain, I wanted to strangle the doctor. I was not a doctor. I, I remember, like, talking bad to him and calling him a cock When you have that type of a temperament, you can't be a
0: dad. Yeah, to, like, smack right away before anything else. So when you... Uh, so you just stop thinking about her? You have to, right? No,
2: at some no, point.
1: No, 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 no. I never stop thinking about my daughter. She's with me every day. I mean, she's with me the same way my dad is with me, the same way my mother's with me, the same way any friends that died. While well, you know, they give me strength. I use them for strength. So you want you'd, you'd want to talk to her now? Do I want to talk to her? Yes and no. Because yes, you know, I wanted to see who I am today. Yeah. Because I know the mother told us something.
2: Yeah. You
1: know what burns me up. My about dad my, had this with his ex-wife, with their what, kid. What burns me up about my wife is when she goes and tells these stories. She would never talk about her drug use. My wife would never look her in the face and tell her what she did as a child. That we used credit card fraud. That we held guns to somebody one time to get coke from them. Right. My wife would never have the balls to say that. If this kid walked into the door now, what could I tell this kid? What couldn't I tell this? Why Why shouldn't I tell her where the fuck
2: I'm uh, She knows. Honest.
1: I'd yeah. rather her know from me than to hear from some dumb fuck in the street in Boulder or, you know, some dumb fuck. The mother. You know, I always you mean knew, about you? Like, right now, today, I would quit doing comedy if I could go work with kids. Really? Yeah. Fuck that comedy shit. I would go work with kids. If I could talk to kids every day yeah. and tell them, just save them two years of their life. Yeah. Because <laughs> I... Listen, man, kids aren't going to listen to their parents. Yeah. That Every kid thinks their parents are a jerk-off. But there's always that one person that gets the kids, and he's that jerk-off at the corner with a cigarette in his fucking mouth. And he gets something in their heads. He gets something in their heads, and that's me. Because I know how to get to it. Listen, man, the thing that saved me being who I am today is that the people around me when I was a kid yeah. treated me with respect as a kid. They never tried to put the wool over my fucking eyes. So that made me endear to them. There's nothing worse than a parent or an adult treat you like a kid. It's the people who treat a kid like an adult and give them that respect. What yeah. do you want to eat? What do you want to do? What's going on in your world? Well, tell me. Yeah. Tell me. Talk to me. You know, my wife says to me all the time, "My fucking blood niece never wants to talk to me no more. She wants to talk to you." Why? Because my aunt my wife breaks her balls. Yeah. You're 15, you got to do this. I don't tell her nothing. We giggle mm. on the phone. Same we whatever. giggle. Last night she was telling me I go, I don't. I hope you didn't kiss that guy in the prom, because she's become like my daughter. Okay. My niece now is filling those voids, you know. I have a lot of friends that have kids that I grew up with that did good things for me as I was growing up. And I always tell them, if you ever have a problem with your kids, send them out of here for a week. And they always know. They're Straight like, you you're fucking right. No, we'll send you out there to your Uncle Coco. And in fact, I got a niece that's coming out here in May. Yeah. And she's going to stay three days with me and three days in Huntington Beach. And it's funny, because he's making her stay with me. He's like, you're going to go up there and stand. I love him. I love You Yeah, love like two more minutes and I got to go.
0: Do your thing, brother. I'm happy you came over, cocksucker. We got this time. It's interesting, yeah. I wonder what you would, yeah. I guess if you saw her now, would you just want to, like, shoot the shit? That seems like it would be the most pleasurable thing, right? She's like, how you doing? Who, do you th- who are you going to vote for? That's a good guy, or I don't know. I just talk to her the same way I talk to you. Just talk and to her.
1: eight adult. minutes, I'd She's ask the same now, thing. Anyway. Yeah, I'd ask her the same thing. I'd ask you after eight minutes. Do you want to get something to drink? Do you want to eat some? I don't think I would ask if I want to smoke pot because. What if she was like. That's a complete What if she's like, respect. do you have any pot? I would say wait till Ari gets in. Yeah. Smoke a joint with fucking Ari. because you don't want to be the guy who does that? It's been Never. done already. Yeah. I know it doesn't get nowhere. Yeah. You know, uh, that's a complete different podcast. I love you, Ari. Yeah. Thank you for bringing this topic up. I know you got to go. You got to go. Or you got to. Yeah, go? I got
0: it. You want to roll another by. joint? Call it doctor. Tell him you'll be there tomorrow. And I just go. say something. You want to say something about Amazon or GameFly? Oh, let's do both. Okay. Well, if you go to Amazon, if you, oh, you can do this too. Yeah, yeah. But go ahead. If you're shopping let's for Amazon, for go through my website. If you're going to get something on Amazon, go through Ari
1: Shafir's website. Because, because Ari gives there. you this fucking, uh, he gives you this podcast for free, guys. So, but it cost him money out of his pocket. and We don't need that aggravation. He's not looking for much. He's not looking for a handout. That's why he does Amazon. So, if you're going to order coconut water, if you're going to order hair gel, if you're going to uh. order cat food, put it through Ari's, and he gets a little taste of the action.
0: Yeah, just go to AriTheGreat.com, and there's a banner right there for and Amazon. And Game Boy? I don't know much about Game Boy. So oh, it's Gamefly. It, yeah, GameFly. Yeah, GameFly.com. Gamefly. What, Gamefly. what Slash, do I do? If you go to GameFly.com/slash Ari, you get a two week free trial membership you can cancel afterwards and they send me like some cash who's better than ramp. you so send it cancel and then fucking Ari gets it yeah. and who knows
1: you might like it it's like a finger in the ass everybody <laughs> always puts down a finger in the ass but nobody wants to try it try it at home sniff your finger in the ass and then decide and then
2: decide
0: thanks Diaz Thank you, we'll pick brother. more of this later yeah yeah we'll talk about this more later yeah and maybe then go back to books. And <laughs> then we'll go back to books because the fucking Mexican Gardener won't Yeah, I forgot how much I love books. When you started mentioning, I was like, I used to read all the time. Maybe we'll go back to finish up books. Bro,
1: you know, the only way you could become a good comic and a good writer is by reading somebody else's style. And you're yeah. like, wow. That's- yeah,
0: yeah, same people. All right,
2: next time. Stay black.
0: All right, that's it, everybody. Ari Shapiro, Skeptic Tank, number 57, over and out in the books. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know I did. I definitely wanted to go a little longer, but, uh, fuck, I had to go. I was too nervous. I could tell, I don't know if you could tell. I was too nervous in the beginning to get into the subject, because I knew it was going to be serious. I didn't know if we had time enough to deal with it. An hour and 15 minutes. Um, I'm going to get an MRI. I think I have to have surgery on my knee, but that doesn't matter. But, um, but then, uh, he fucking went into it, so, um... Yeah, I was really happy with it. Um, like I said, it could have been longer, but I don't know. It wasn't. So I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. And until next week, please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, oh, fuck. And what I was going to say was that I'm, I'm doing another podcast um, with the prostitute um, from Prostituty Fruity. We're going to do a like, relationship slash call-in podcast. So if you guys write me a letter, if you guys have any sort of sex questions, Or we're trying it. We don't know if it'll work or not, but we're going to try it. Just more free content for you. So if you guys have any sex questions or relationship questions, um, I'm not going to give you the Christian uh, view of things. I'm going to give you what I find the real view of things, and so will she as a sex professional. Um, I'm a sex amateur, but she's a sex professional. And we'll uh, we'll give you uh, our versions of what we think. So any sort of like, uh, I don't know if I should commit to my boyfriend. I don't know if I should commit to my girlfriend. I think someone's cheating on me. Uh, I never have an orgasm. All the sort of love line shit. Dr. Ruth stuff. We're doing the same sort of thing. So write me a letter or write to us at uh, contact at ari great dot com. You can find it there on my website at uh, contact or whatever. Um, and write and then we're going to deal with those in the uh, in the um, in our podcast. I, I don't know what we're calling it. Ari and the escort. Something like that. Go, she suggested going down with Ari and the escort. She doesn't like the word whore because she thinks it's demeaning, which it is. Anyway, I hope you guys are enjoying this. Ari Shafir, Episode fifty-seven with Joey Diaz over and out.
2: Goodbye. Now you see I never a constant person in my life.